Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. So for the next few weeks, here's what we're going to do. Actually, up until Thanksgiving. The, the week before Thanksgiving, we, we're going to have another big night. Last week, if you missed it, we did Glow Night, and we'll do that again sometime. It's just a lot of fun, and uh, we had a really good time. Uh, thank you guys for participating and bringing friends last week. It was a, a really great week. Uh, so that one, that, like I said, the Wednesday before uh, Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving, we do this big night called Friendsgiving, and we set up these super crazy long table, and we all sit at one big table like a big family. And we have this Thanksgiving meal. We'd love for you to come that night. Uh, we have some other things we throw in to make it a really, really fun night. Uh, but, but here, up until that time, that Wednesday, here's what we're going to be doing. We want to focus on getting stronger. Okay? And it's going to be in a spiritual sense. We're not going to be lifting weights in here. We're not going to be doing any of that. But we're going to talk about spiritually, how can you and I get stronger? Uh, and we're going to challenge you and, and show you and, and just put some things out there. And anything... You train, if you've ever trained for anything, there's always a goal, right? There's always certain sets you do, there's a plan that you do, there's something you do to get stronger, and it's different when it comes to us spiritually. For for the next few weeks, uh, here is our focus it's simply this to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. All right, and this is something that it's not just a intensive, like we're going to do six weeks of it. This is something like the entire, the entire rest of your life, this is what's supposed to be happening. If you call yourself a Christian, like every week, we're getting stronger. Every week, you're doing reps. Every week, we, you want gains when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, so, so hopefully some of the things we talk about, you're gonna, we're going to practice them. We're going to show you how to do them. And then, man, we want you to do this. We want you to continue to strengthen and strengthen and strengthen yourself when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. When it comes to influential people in our lives, here's what we like to do. We like to emulate what they do. We like to follow what they do. When it was read up on articles of, of what this person did so I could kind of be like them. I would watch videos. People read uh, biographies and they learn about people and they find out everything about that person so they can be more like that person. Like for me, when I was your age, uh, it was Michael Jordan. All right, I wanted to be like Mike. There was even a slogan, be like Mike. I, I When I played basketball, I would have, I, I would even, I would wear, he always, Jordan always wore this um, sweatband and he didn't just wear it like right here where my watch is he would always wear it like right here so guess every time I'd get in the game every time I get in the game I got the sweatband right here okay uh, Jordan also would wear one of these uh, neoprene knee pads he didn't wear it on his knee he like wore it on his calf down here and I would try to pull that off when I would get in like it, when I would be playing my friends I don't know if you ever watched Michael Jordan but he was always he had this always his like tongue was always hanging out of his mouth when he played basketball it's this crazy thing because it's not very safe but he would like when he He'd be going to the rim, and that, so when I'm playing with my friends, it's kind of weird. Like Brian, what? Everybody, everybody on the court was like that, like getting their tongue out. Like, what? Why? Why do you? Because we wanted to be like Mike. I wore the shoes. I had Jordans. I had a, a many. Like any time I could save up my money from my job at Wendy's, I was buying Jays. I wanted some Jordans. Um, everything. I wanted to drink Gatorade because Michael Jordan drank Gatorade. I wore Hanes underwear, all right, because Michael Jordan had a, he was sponsored by Hanes underwear, and that's, I know, a little too much information, um, no pictures on the screen, anything like that, but that's just what I, so he, a couple years ago, there was this guy, uh, his name is Steve Jobs, he is the guy who's, who's started Apple, 
And, and about eight years ago, there was this book came out, and everybody wanted to find out how to lead and how to innovate and how to be creative like Steve Jobs. So they read this biography on him and said, okay, how can we lead like him? How can I emulate him? I mean, pretty cool thing. The iPhones are a pretty cool thing that he's brought into the world. So, so many people wanted to emulate and find out how to be the next Steve Jobs. For some of us, it's, uh, I know for my son especially, uh, this is the next guy here. Uh, I want to focus on his, his name is Steph Curry. All right, he is a basketball player. Maybe you're not a basketball player. I am. I love to play basketball. I'm not great, but I love the game. And here's the thing. How in the world did Steph Curry get to be one of the greatest shooters to ever live? And we could argue that, right? That sports is always an argument about who's the greatest ever. But he's in the conversation, and if you don't think he's in the conversation, you and I need to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is, he is one of the greatest shooters to ever shoot the ball. He, he just is. He's, he's in the top five. Like I said, we can argue that. He has changed the game of basketball. Like, how in the world did he do this? He, here's the thing when it came to Steph Curry. He was told this when he was your age. All his life, you're not going to make it to the NBA. You're not good enough. You were you you too small. You were not tall enough. Uh, he was not strong enough. He, he, they said he would be crushed by the competition. As a high school sophomore, Steph Curry weighed 125 pounds and was five foot six. Five foot six, weighed 125 pounds. That's who Steph Curry was as a sophomore in high school. When he graduated high school, he didn't have a lot of at him. The biggest school that looked at him said, hey, you can walk on, and it was Virginia Tech, and that's where his dad went to school, and he said, they, hey, you can just walk on and, and maybe play the team here. There was a couple other small schools that said uh, one of them was William and Mary. Probably haven't heard a lot of these. One other one was VCU. Another one was High Point, um, kind of near him. He went to another one, a, a college, very small D1 school called Davidson, 1,700 students. UNC, Duke, all the big schools did not recruit him. He, he was not recruited. Uh, there is this story I, I picked up this week as I was reading uh, about Steph Curry. There's this guy named Alan Stein. He's a very well-respected um, strength and conditioning, conditioning coach in the, in the NBA. He was working at the first ever Kobe Bryant Nike Skills Academy. Like in the summer, you go to camp and you want to get better like anything, like any sport, like anything you want to get better at. You go off and you study, and Steph got to go to this, this game. Here's what he said. Several years ago, I had the honor of working the first ever Kobe Bryant Skills Camp. The least recognized player there, all the other kids were big names, Steph Curry. He says this, but I knew immediately that he was the most impressive, and that thinking long-term, he was going to be a future NBA star. Remember, he's 5'6", 125, not a big guy. Here's how I knew it. It was all about his habits. You see, in those skills academy, he writes, we'd have two workouts a day for three straight days. Two workouts a day for three straight days. 30 minutes before every single workout, here's what most players were doing. They all still had their flip-flops on, and they had their headphones on. Steph had already started to do some shooting. He had already started taking game shots from game spots and game situations. By the time the workout officially started, he had already put up 100 or to 150 shots, was in almost a full sweat. Then probably the most impressive thing he did, as soon as the workouts were over, he would not leave the court until he swished 
five free throws in a row. Not just five free throws, but in a row, swish. If he hit the rim on one, he would start over. And that's why he's one of the greatest free throw shooters uh, in the game right now. The moral of the story, the guy says, it's not... Success doesn't happen by accident. Getting stronger doesn't happen by accident. He's one of the best shooters on the planet, Alan Stein says, because he had great habits. Steph still continues this habit to this day. I read some things this week. I wanted to see, like, he's, does he still, like, even though he's great, does he still go after it? Here's what, what I found. Steph consistently puts up 300 shots after practice during the season. And during the offseason, he'll ramp it up to 500 shots a day. And I know, I know you're probably thinking, I don't care about Steph Curry. But here's the thing. There's a lot of times in life where habits, disciplines, things we put into our lives, if we will do the work, it will lead to really, really good things. And it's the same thing spiritually. Like if we'll really lean in, if we'll really chase after God, that relationship with Jesus, just like a basketball player, just like whatever, it will grow. Like let's say you're not into that, you're into, uh, you want to be a YouTube influencer, right? Think how many times those people have to record uh, content, right? And think how many times they have to say, hey, like and subscribe. Like I can't imagine saying that all, as many times as those dudes say it. But they have to continue to ramp up their product and put their face out there and do more and more videos like they have to work they have to be diligent to get there it's just something they have to do here's the thing with these people we 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 don't just look at what they say we look at the details of their life we study them over and over how did they get there how did they do this how did they get to where they are how, how did they get this this strength like we want our habits many times will become their habits their routines will become our routines the interesting thing is this very few people actually look at the most influential person to ever walk the planet and say, well, what? what were his habits? And I would say to you, the most influential person who's ever walked the earth, his name was Jesus Christ. And I argue that, that's fine. Uh, who has more songs been written to? Jesus, tell me someone else on the earth where more songs have been written to than Jesus Christ. Artwork, if you were to go into art and say, okay, how artwork has been created about Jesus? How has Jesus changed the time? Like, even the timeline, like the calendar is, 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 is broken. If you go A.D., B.C., like if you look at that, like the calendar is broken on Jesus Christ. So many uh, uh, hospitals were started by people who are believers, like he has influenced so many people. If you look at the start of a lot of our colleges, higher education, even lower education, all because of Jesus. People, Sunday school, wanted to learn, use the Bible as the book. They would continue, like he has impacted so, so much. And here's what we want to do. We're going to do this for the next few weeks. We're going to study the habits and the practices and the disciplines that Jesus practiced. We're just going to look at his life and say, what did he do? To have this really close relationship uh, with God. What did he do? How did he do it? And we're going to simply walk through that for the next few weeks and look at those things. For eons, these have been called spiritual disciplines. And we really don't like the word disciplines. I'm trying this. We'll, we'll use the word discipline a little bit, but it kind of scares us away when I say discipline. We're like, no, that's like when we get in trouble. No, that's, that's something really hard. I think we like the word habits a little more like looking at the habits of Jesus. Uh, but here's what discipline is. It gets this really bad rap, but here's what discipline does. For you. 
It's really this. It's any activity I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do that which I currently cannot do. You get what that's saying there? It's like be, you can't do something, but if you were to put the work in and be disciplined and do it over and over and over again, you would get there and then you'd be able to do it. Like let's say um, you want to be able to bench press uh, your, your, your body weight. That's what a lot of healthy people can do that. It's not nothing out of the ordinary or nothing crazy. Let's say you cannot do that right now. Here's what discipline does. Discipline says this, okay, you get up and you start, you're going to do five push-ups in the morning. You do those for a week, two weeks. Next week, you add a couple on. Now it's 10. Then you get up to 50. And then you continue to get under the bench. And you can see what you can do, and you're continuing to put. Like Discipline uh, is what gets you to do something you could not do. Someday, if you continue to work, I guarantee you'll be able to put that up. If you'll be disciplined enough, you'll be able to lift the weight. Same thing spiritually. Look at this verse in 1 Timothy. He says, discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. Like put the work in when your relationship with Jesus. Put the work in, not just in sports or not just in life or in grades or whatever it may be. Put the work in. And here's the thing, you guys know what discipline is about. You do it all the time and you don't even realize it. I would say all of us know some form of discipline. Anybody ever play a sport? Cool. Anybody play an instrument? Great. Anybody play video games? Okay. Anybody, um, you care about your grades? Okay, good. You guys are, you got some things going for you. I'm, I'm glad to see that. I'm very glad to see that. See, here's what you know. If you play a sport, you know it takes discipline because you have to train. You have to make the layup over and over and over again. You have to watch the ball over and over and over again. You have to throw the ball over and over again. You know in music, it takes discipline. You've got to practice over and over and over again to get better at the, the instrument that you're playing. If you play a video game, you have to be disciplined because you're not going to be better. You're not going to shoot more people or get to the next level if you don't practice, if you don't die over and over and over again and start over. You don't drop in over and over again with your squad and shoot the other people. Like you, it, it takes discipline to get better at that. Same thing grade-wise. If you want good grades, you know this. Those of you who have really good grades, like usually you don't just sit down on a test and get a straight A. Like that's, sometimes it happens, but that's luck. You know it takes discipline. Like you've got to study. You've got to put the work in. See, here's the problem. And here's kind of the rub tonight. And here's where I've fallen many times. See, here's what we like to do. We love to put the work in, the habits in, when it comes to sports. I can't tell you how often I put the habits and the discipline in for sports. Still do this day. There's some things I still do, even as an old dude, because I want to be able to continue to move and be a little bit of a tiny athlete, so I work and I'm disciplined to do that. There's so many times in life where we, we give discipline and habits to things like sports and our music and our grades and to video games, but here is the question I have for you for the next six weeks is this. Will you discipline yourself to become more like Jesus? 
You put the work in. Here's the thing. It's, it's not things that, we're going to talk about things that, that are not hard, but at the same point, they're hard to do because there's so much that would distract us. We want to become stronger by practicing these things that Jesus did. So for the next few weeks, next week, we are going to talk about some things. We're, for the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the habits that Jesus practiced to get closer to God. His relationship with God, how did that work? So we're going to talk about things like you probably never heard a sermon on. Next week, we're going to talk about how, how silence and solitude is something that Jesus, as a habit that he did over and over and over again, you'd see Jesus get up in the morning, dip out from all the uh, disciples, like leave the house, and he would have time with God in silence and solitude. We're going to talk about things you probably, maybe you've never heard a sermon about how, how do you fast, and Jesus fasted. We see him fast for 40 days right after he's baptized, and we're going to talk about how to do these things. He, he knew the Bible. He was always quoting scripture, and there's uh, another discipline that we have to put the time on and actually learn how to maybe study the Bible a little bit. He, he worshiped. Uh, he was a, a man of prayer. We see him praying often to God in, in very difficult times he goes to God. All the time he would, he would go to God in prayer. We're just going to look at those things, and if you don't know how to hear, do them, here's the thing. We're going to just give you simple how to do this. Here's a way, and here's why. Here's a way, and here's why we would do this, because we want to strengthen ourselves when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. So real quick, I want to run through five things. This is the why. Why should we study the habits of Jesus? Just like if you want to be a basketball player, usually you pick a basketball player and you look at that one and say, okay, what did he do to get there? If it's baseball, what did they do to get there? Did they go to this school? Did they have this coach? Did they have this trainer? Whatever music you're going to get this, you're going to take the, you know, you're going to get the right teacher so you can have lessons with that person. If it comes to uh, the SAT or ACT, you're going to study so you can get there. Like there, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at these habits of why we should look at these habits of Jesus. The first one is simply this: it puts us on the right path. These habits of Jesus put us on the right path. And, and being on the right path is a really, really important thing. This weekend, uh, me and my family, we're going to go to Florida for a very, very quick trip. We're leaving on Friday. We're coming back on Sunday. It's a really, 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 really quick trip. Uh, I am going to get on a major highway. What is the major highway you think I'm going to get on first to go to Florida? Yeah, I-85, and I'm headed south, right? It's going to put me, that's going to put me on the path to get to the beach, and here's the thing, with the, with the things we're talking about these next few weeks, it's the pathway, it's the interstate, these are things that get us to God. They, they put us on the path. And here's the thing, man, it's always good. It's always good to be on the, in the path of Jesus. We see in Scripture, there's a guy named Blind Bartimaeus. So he was called Blind Bartimaeus because the dude was blind. He just puts himself in Jesus' path. His life's changed. The dude's life has changed. He's not blind Bartimaeus anymore. He's just Bartimaeus because Jesus heals him. He just puts himself in the path of Jesus. And I'm wondering if we would just put ourselves in the path, like we'd get ourselves on the pathway. These things we're talking about are going to get us on the pathway. They will help us do that. There's another guy, Zacchaeus. He's simply on the road. Jesus calls him out. It just gets in the path of Jesus, and these things help us get in the path, in the, in the, the way uh, of Jesus. The second thing is this, that the habits are for us. And so many people think that, that prayer and, and fasting and, and being quiet with God and reading the Bible is 
or uh, like spiritual giants. Oh, that's just what youth ministers do, and that's what my parents do, and that's what really, you know, that's what really people who really, really know Jesus do. Here's the thing. This is for ordinary people just like you and me. This is not something you have to wait to do until you get to college. This is not something you have to wait to do until you, you get to be an adult. It's something that, man, if you would start now, think how much further along spiritually you'll be than when you're 40 and be like, oh, I didn't know this is how somebody could study the Bible. Oh, I didn't know uh, what fasting was, and I didn't know how I could do that until I was, I was 35. These are for everyday. These are even people, if you don't believe in Jesus, this is still a practice that I believe would be good to lean into so you can learn who Jesus is, right? By practicing the habits of Jesus, maybe you'll come to, to meet Jesus. Third thing is this. They're the only things that change us from the inside out. God uses a lot of things to change us. He'll use people. Right? Friends, parents, teachers, enemies, they'll all change us from the outside in. A lot of times we don't get to choose those, right? Sometimes we get to choose our friends, but a lot of times we're, we're, whoever is put over us, they, they're the, the, the parents we get, right? Uh, there's sometimes circumstances. There's going to be financial pressures and physical conditions, even weather. They all change us from the outside in. Spiritual disciplines, these habits of Jesus are the, really the only thing that can change us from the inside out and that's why they're so very important the fourth reason is this it's so you can feed yourself here's what a lot of people have worked at a church for uh 20 some now for about 21 of those years and um a lot of times i hear this statement when people leave the church or disgruntled church i hear this just understand what they mean by it get it they just say, they say things like this, I just, we weren't getting fed there at that church. And I understand what they're saying, like, and here's what I want, like, yes, people should be fed on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Like, I want you to grow a relationship with Jesus as being here on Wednesday nights. If you don't, then I'm not doing something right. If, you, if there's not, not grow, like, I want you to be involved and, and grow. Uh, yes, that's, that's what I want people to say. But here's the thing. If you're only eating on Wednesday nights and being fed spiritually on Wednesday nights, and if you're only being fed spiritually on Sunday morning sometimes, you're going to be really hungry spiritually for the rest of the week. These are things that you say, you know what, you don't have to sit under a teaching. You can take and do yourself and there's like this whole spiritual buffet waiting for you. Just waiting for us. And many times we're like, well, I, I, man, these are things that you can feed yourself and you can grow when you have the word and learn what prayer is and how to do it and things like that. Number five, the last one is this. The reason we're going to study these is we don't know how to do it. Many times it's just simply this. We don't know how to practice the, the, the habits of Jesus. You, you don't see anywhere in Jesus where Jesus sits down and teaches his disciples how to fast because it was just something that people in that day and age, they knew how to do. It was a commonplace thing. Nowadays, it's not a commonplace thing. It's something that we have to learn how to do and, and kind of learn how to get that apart. And here's the cool thing about Jesus. He doesn't command us that we have to fast and we have to open his word and we have to pray and we have to worship. Jesus never commands those things. Here's what I love about Jesus. He just says this. Just follow me. Just do what I do. Do what I did. 
Just, just look at my habits. Just follow me, and here's how you can be a disciple. Just follow me. Have some silence and solitude. Just follow me. I fasted. Just follow me. I prayed. Just, just follow. I want to give you a warning. I want to give you a warning when it comes to prayer, when it comes to reading your Bible, when it comes to fasting. I just want to give you a big, big warning. I need, um, Blake, will you come up here? I need to know. Can you just help me? Just, I just need you. It's a really easy, I just need you to be God, okay? I mean, just be God. That's all I need. Just sit right there. You're going to be God for a minute. All right, so here's what we do a lot of times when it comes to reading the Bible and when it and when it comes to fasting, when it comes to growing in our relationship with God, we think it's this. Uh, yeah, we think it's a transaction. And we think that, put your hand out for me. Like, here's what we think God as. Like, he's like, hey, Brian, you've got to pay the spiritual bills. You've you got to read your Bible. You've got to pay. Like, you've got to do that. All right? You've got to pay the bills. You, Brian, if you, if you had your prayer time, you just got to keep paying the bills. Like, you, there's a, like it's this transaction thing. Like, like, we owe God. Like, he's up there like, come on, man. You know you have to. That's my last credit card. Sorry, God. Um, <laughs> I don't have any more in there. It's a little wallet. Uh, but we feel like this. Here's this relationship. I want to give you a warning because here's. You can just put that down, God. You, have to, you stay here, God. I need you. I need you. Okay. I want to give you a warning. There's going to be times, and don't let this happen. Don't let your relationship with God become a transaction. Where you feel like, man, I, I owe Him. I've got, to, I've got to do this. I've got to get in His Word. I've got to pray. I've got to fast. Like, like He's waiting. Like, come on, you've got to pay the bills to have this relationship with me. Every day, every day you've got to do this. Yeah, it'd be great if we do it every day, but that's not the way He wants to. Now, Another thing that we can do with God is this. We, we, here's God. Here's your checklist. Uh, here's another way we, we make God into. We make God into the checklist God. And here's what we say. Oh, I don't think I have my... Yeah, I do have a marker here. He, he, we, we think that God's up in heaven like this. Brian, I'm waiting. Have you prayed? Have you prayed today? Yeah, God, I I did my little prayers. I, hey, did you? Have you had any silence? And, uh, and we think that God's up there with this checklist. Like you're not. He doesn't love you if you don't check all the boxes. And I want to give you this warning when it comes to the spiritual discipline. So many people live their lives like it's a payment process, right? Like it's this this payment that we got to do or this checklist that we have to do. Here's what I want to tell you. You can throw that last slide up. God, will you turn your chair a little bit here? It, this is what God wants right here. Relationship. God, I, I, so good to see you. I'm just glad I wanted to sit here and I, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about some things I'm going through in my life. I, I really, I, I'm going to stop this week. I'm going to, um, I need some silence and solitude with you. So I'm going to turn off the phone. He, this is what God wants. He doesn't want a checklist. He doesn't want payment. He wants a relationship. He wants to sit down with you and have a relationship. Do not. This is a big warning when we talk about these things for the next few weeks. God, you can have a seat. Be in here, God. I appreciate you. Uh, can I have my credit cards back? Thank you, thank you God. Um, I, I want to warn you this week as we talk about these things over the next few weeks. I don't want these weeks to be a guilt trip. 
I don't want you to think that God's up there. You've got to pay the spiritual bills. I don't want you to think that you've got that God's at this checklist, and if you don't do it, then He doesn't love you. That is not what it's about. These next weeks are not about a guilt trip. It's about that we get to grow our relationship with God because He wants to have this relationship with us. And here's what we want to do. We just want to figure out how to sit with Him and how to be with Him. So man, as you come the next few weeks, and we just, what we're going to do for the next five weeks is actually show you nuts and bolts how to do it, how to be, how to even have a time of silence and solitude. How do we do that in this busy world? How would we do that? How in the world do we fast? How in the world, how, I know I've got a Bible and I've got one on my phone, what the heck do I do with it? Like, actually, how to, here's an idea, we're going to give you ways of how to practice it, uh, we're going to give you a challenge every week to practice it sometime during that next week and hopefully these will be some things that you can say for the next for the rest of my life I am going to get rid of the checklist God and I am going to for the rest of my life I am going to focus on having a relationship sweet and awesome if it caught on fire thank you Um, the next few weeks We're going to strengthen. We're going to get stronger. And the cool thing, this isn't a six-week program. This isn't a five-week program. This is a rest of your life. This relationship with God. Hey, let me pray, and I'll give you some instructions about groups. And uh, we'll be Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're uh, not up there and wondering when the next time I'm going to pray or read my Bible is, because you know that there's some times where there's dry spells, and I just thank you that you love me. You love me whether I come to you or not. You love me whether I pray or fast or have some time in, in quiet with you. you. You love me either way. God, it's really on us. I pray, Lord, that we realize that you want a relationship that we can and we do have access to you, that that you're waiting, that you love for us to get stronger. God, if we will get stronger with you, there's so many other things in life that 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 will help. And we go through difficult times, we'll be stronger. When we need guidance, we'll, we'll have it. God, I pray that we would just lean in for the next few weeks and that these next few weeks would be something for the rest of our lives that would strengthen us. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you uh, that you're a God who loves us and who wants a relationship with us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.